Hello and welcome to the Marks Ish Brothers podcast. My name is Joseph. I'm Cam. And this week uh, we are talking about The Killers of the Flower Moon, the new Scorsese movie. But before we get into that, we have quite a bit of news. But Cam, why don't you start us off with uh, something a little fun? All right. So, uh, so after Scorsese released his, his, his new film uh, on, in theaters and going to be on Apple TV soon, um, he announced that he's on the Letterboxd app. And like so far, it hasn't done much. I think he's just like m- making lists of like com- companion films with some of his pre- previous films. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even sure if it's him running it or if it's going to be Francesca, his daughter, who's like Gen Z, very fun. Very Is that his, his granddaughter? No, Francesca. that's his daughter. I thought yeah. that was his uh, granddaughter. Yeah. Um. So Francesca was. Um. So, from what I, from what I reckon, again, I don't know if it's found his personal life that that well. I know, that, like, she was, so, like, him and his current wife, um, got married, like, in the late, and I think Francesca's just, just close to our age, mm-hmm. and, like, she, so she, like, <laughs> so, like, he was in, in his 60s, his wife was in her, like, mid-50s, and mm-hmm. then, like, happened, like, gave birth. As you do. Yeah, so that's pretty fun. So, yeah, so, even though, like, he, he has kids that are... That could could be the same age as Francesca's parents, but when yeah, you're so when you're when you're rich and famous, then you just keep on having kids because you can like, afford it. <laughs> or like, or, or like, get, or, or like, hey, like when when you get married again, like he he's he, he's been married married a few times, but he's he's married to his current wife for for like twenty years, which is his, his longest marriage. Good for them. Um, and yeah, you know it's. There you go. Uh, fun, fun little bit of news. I I have another bit of fun news, and uh, this this I think you'll enjoy too. But on uh, November third, John Carpenter is going to host a Godzilla movie uh, marathon on on uh, uh, Shout TV, which which is a chan- uh Yeah. So basically, there's going to be I think how many movies? Uh, a form a four film marathon. Of Kaiju Classics, which will be on uh, uh, Shout TV on November third, so I think that's going to be kind of fun. He's a you know he's a fun guy. He, we we right. both like a lot of his movies. I would say he's probably one of my favorite film directors. So I'm definitely going to uh, check it out because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. He's a, such, such a fun fun little guy. Just. He, just he, game, he, he just wants to. He just wants to be a gamer. He just wants to, you know, do do his thing. Yep. He just wants to vibe, play games, yeah. be, be 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 the master of horror. Yep. Yep. Okay, I mean, gotta do what you gotta do. Um, so now now we're gonna get some more uh, interesting news. And my first bit of news is related to the the strikes, but uh, not directly. So basically, uh, the streaming service Peacock lost. Uh, five hundred sixty-five million dollars over the summer, Oof. which is you know a lot of money. So they gained four million subscribers, but uh, they still lost <laughs> a lot of money. So you know, in in my conspiracy brain, I'm like, are they doing this just to try and uh, help with their their contract? Right? Be like, oh, like yeah. look look how much money we're not making. Um, that's on my one brain, yeah. one side brain, and my other brain's like. But also, capitalists are just kind of dumb, and they're not really good with money. Yeah. Um, but maybe, hey, both things can be true, and they're bad with money, and they also don't want to pay 
uh, actors, so they're you're using this as an excuse. But uh, that's my first little bit of news. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I feel like it's one of the things where, like, I mean, like, previously Netflix had talked about losing money, and, and like, the streaming service model, I feel like, is kind of a money loser, like, unless you're, like, because you have to pay so much money to make new content, where, like, it's almost like, like, sh- streamers work better as, like, a side thing, not not what your main, mean like, means of production is, right? So, mm-hmm. so, 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 coming like Disney... Where they, they they produce so many films, make make a lot of money that way. Where like they they can they can take the L for Disney Plus as long as they need to, because there's it's just a means to like it's just a way to that they can also hold di- 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 distribution in their own hands, right? Yeah. So which shouldn't I'm pretty, pretty sure should be against the law because you're not supposed to be able to produce and distribute. That that, that was pretty much a thing in the fifties, I think. Mm-hmm. That they put a law in place, but now that's kind of gone to the wayside. Like, so it's one of those things where the whole how how we how people used to do things in the world of cinema and and film had just been tossed aside for the sake of capitalism. Yeah. So well, exactly. And uh, so my next bit of news kind of ties into it, and that's that. Uh, like Apple TV Plus, they're upping their price by forty three percent from uh, I think six ninety nine American to nine ninety nine American, which is interesting because like Apple TV Plus has been doing what like a lot of other studios haven't been doing and just been giving tons and tons of money to well like for this movie Scorsese or uh, Rid- Ridley Scott for Napoleon right yeah um like like they give so much money and they're they're doing a lot more for cinema than other streaming services, but at, at the same time, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, uh, Apple TV doesn't have that same backlog and catalog that other services do, right? Exactly. Like, like they're, they're, they're making it, they're building it as they go, which I feel like means that, like, to the average consumer who, who isn't people like us, we're just, people are just going to wait until there's more stuff. Yeah, well, especially because it's it's like it's Apple. They're the richest company in the world. Like, <laughs> they don't yeah, need again. Again, they can take a fat L on their streaming because they're making so much money. So much money. Yeah, like literally, kind of like more money than I can I can fathom. I mean, like, like I, 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 like they have more money than a lot of governments have. Like that, they can just like drop cash like yeah, it's like, wild they, 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 they could buy a fucking country yeah it's multiple uh, like yeah um and now my third bit of news which is again in the same vein uh and and but kind of on the separate spectrum and that's that taylor swift's uh the era tour won't stream until uh seg yes. after a strike ends did you see this i did and that was a very well because like she and like even like with the theatrical release she very much kept it to herself and like negotiated directly with the with the theaters instead of like with this like instead of going through a through, through the traditional di- 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 distribution route and i feel like for, for, for the streamers that also makes sense because mm-hmm. like again someone's gonna pay a pretty penny to get that because yeah. it did pretty pretty gangbusters at at, at the cinemas and it's only going to do better on, on streaming because people don't feel like... And I, I feel like tickets were higher priced at, at the cinemas because like it was more like event 
I'm quite sure I noticed that when I went out and I was getting tickets mm-hmm. that they were way more, they were like almost twice as, as, much, as much as regular tickets. Um, but yeah, I think it's it, it is a good sign of solidarity for her. Um, Taylor knows when to burn a bridge and when to keep one going, and she definitely does not want to burn a bridge with SAG because she's Taylor Swift loves film. I'm, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Like, are you a big like do 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 listen to a lot of her, her stuff? Not at all. Okay, well, she there's a lot of film references. There's a lot of references to not specific movies, but like watching movies and like referencing like specific things. And Taylor Swift loves loves film, and she and she like and like she's had cameos in other films, and like she's it's something that she's very passionate about, mm-hmm. from what I can tell. And I get a very good, very good job of her for her to, to show solidarity in this way. And that way, I feel, like, I feel like that also might help with with the strikes. Is hey, you can make freaking gangbusters from from the Taylor Swift film if you pay your actors actors fairly. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and I think that brings up a very well. I, I purposely put sort of these two uh, three stories together because it shows kind of how like Taylor Swift is a capitalist. She is yep. she is an el- el- elite. Like she uh, holds some of the like most power of any individual has ever had, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that she is going, ag- in a sense, going against her own uh, elite uh, benefit of like you know by by standing in solidarity with workers shows how like the elites uh, in North America, U.S. specifically, are split on things. Yes, because uh, like for so long, elites have just been uh, completely uniform in like their anti-union stance or, or anything like that. Whereas like what we're seeing here is kind of the splitting of elites, which uh, you know I, I'm, I've taken a few sociology classes, and uh, one economist that like a sociology really likes, uh, Thomas Piketty. Mm. Mm, I, I, I'm not a huge Piketty fan, but he does have some interesting things to say. Uh, he 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 is a socialist, but uh, I would say he, he doesn't really look into uh, class enough uh, from a Marxist perspective, but yeah, uh, it's pretty, pretty important to that, I think. Uh, uh, n- again, uh, n- neither here nor there. Uh, I just want to say, like, basically, Piketty's uh, viewpoint is that uh, us, like workers, were able to get things done when uh, a we're organized and b the elites are split because yes. uh, if elites are you know all on the same page, there's it's very hard to get anything done, but when the elites are, you know, split on things like let's say like climate change, like uh, like uh, right now, insurance companies would be very, you know, they, they they see climate change and they want things to be done about climate change, whereas oil companies don't want things to be done about climate change. So uh, you, you see a splitting of elites there, but now here, like around worker issues, you're also seeing a split of elites, and I I think that uh, it is telling us as workers and as, as you know, specifically leftists and Marxists that now is the time to organize, right? Like yep. the, the, the elites are split and uh, you know, using the movie industry right now, like since everyone is so pro the, the film industry, like pro like the workers, like in, in acting, it, it, it's a good time to kind of, you know, rally around that and turn that into a bigger momentum. But I, I thought that was kind of uh, an interesting, viewpoint that uh yeah we, we can kind of little, look into the news a little bit more uh you know, i have one thing depth. to add yeah um, 
from a pure like Marx perspective on labor, like Taylor Swift kind of blurs the lines between being a laborer and and like and like being a capitalist because like she she is an artist. She makes her own, she makes her own music, but she she also happens to be one of the top earners in the world and is kind of a detriment to society. Just look up Taylor Swift and her carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. But like, and, and obviously she's in, like on these tours is em, employing so many people, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, like there, there's something to be said about people who like own their own means of production. Uh, yeah. or in her case, you know, being music, but uh, uh, I'd say music and marketing is, is her real talents, but there, there is still like a, a power dynamic and she still is an elite. That's why yes. I use, that's why I use uh, you know, the term uh, elite rather than, a, yeah. rather than like a capitalist or bourgeoisie, like, uh, yes, uh, yes, exactly. Because, you know, she, she, she does, you know, control the means of her production, but she is also employing people, but she yeah. is obviously an elite in the amount of power and money that she has. Yes. But kind of, um, kind of blur, 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 blur the lines because she's also an artist and a worker in some ways, but not, yeah. Yeah. It's a really neat story. Anyway, but yeah. So yeah, that's just kind of what I, I want to bring up. I thought that was kind of interesting. I, I do have uh, a next little bit of news that, you know, uh, Cam, you and I have, we've discussed this personally before that we want to talk about this. And yeah. uh, this might be a little bit of a, you know, a, a dip in our toes into it. Because I, I saw this on a lot of the movie news sites and that's that... Uh, uh, UCLA just uh, did like a, a, a study, and that study came to the conclusion that Gen Z wants less sex in movies and TV. Uh, I want to hear your initial thoughts because we've kind of had like you know uh, Loki talks about this not not in depth, but saying that we want to talk about this. But I thought this was a good opportunity just to bring it up. <laughs> I just kind of want to yeah. hear, hear, hear yeah. your kind of your, your thoughts about it. I feel like it's a mixed bag because like. Uh, okay, the, the the age range for that uh, for that uh, test for that study was a bit sus. Ten like, to twenty four. I, I thought, yeah, yeah, but like asking ten year olds about that, like why why are you asking ten year olds about sex? Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's a weird thing, but because like there's many things to think about. Because like yeah, like like technically a lot of things don't need to be in film. If, but like, when you're looking at a, a film from a pure plot perspective instead of a, a film and cinema perspective, there's so much that you can add, right? Because mm-hmm. like, but like, because like, I don't watch movie, movies for the for the plot. I watch them to be invested in in, in the world, to f- discover new characters that I love, and to just be immersed, right? And like. Yeah, like sex is, is not something that humans do. So, so presumably humans are going to have sex in film, right? That's just, mm-hmm. but like you can do, you can you can do it in a way without making it pornographic. Like, just like you know, like I mean, usually the thing in film is show them kissing, maybe getting into bed, and then you cut to the next morning or or or, or show some sort of past past of time, right? Yeah, where like, yeah, it's so. And like that, we 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 we, we, we talked about a pre Hayes Code film last last week, mm-hmm. and like how important like artist freedom is, and like you're you're putting restrictions on yourselves if you're doing this. Well, and I think a a, a like like I almost I, I do get where people are coming from though because yeah uh, the sex 
uh, well, in a lot of like at least popular movies, is not portrayed in a attractive way. If that makes sense, like like yeah. like, like it's so. I don't know. Uh, uh, there was a good article. Um, I'll read out the title in case anyone wants to check it out. But uh, the title is "Everyone is Beautiful and No One is Horny." Um, yes. I, I don't know if you've read that, but basically, like the idea is, like in these like Marvel movies and superhero movies, like everyone's like looks so good, but they don't yeah. actually like like I don't know. Uh, like they don't have any like chemistry or like there's no one like having like emotions. Like like a lot of like current movies today, like they don't show that. You know, like the sexual tension that people have. It's just like, oh, you're yeah. hot, I'm hot, let's have sex. Like, like it, it's, it's, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, like, they don't show like that sort of, like, like the the human part of it, which I think is yeah. an, an issue. And but on the other hand, I, I do think that you know, sex, like you said, is a part of human, <laughs> the human experience. It, it's it's a material thing. Uh, you know, as Marx, there, there's there's a reason why humans have lived for x number of years procreation and like it is part of what we do as as marx would say it's uh, our species being right so yes, uh, it, it's kind of, it's kind of impossible to get Karl rid marx, of it right Karl marx cooked there <laughs> uh so so yeah i don't know I, I just thought that was interesting like it was under 50 percent that uh, and and the way the uh, i think the title is a little misleading because it was uh 40 percent of respondents said that they would like to see more friendships shown on tv uh rather than romantic relationships and on that note i would say i agree because yes. I, th- I think there's not enough friendships shown on tv right yes, like I, I would agree with that like movies uh tv shows especially it's like oh like they're just gonna fall in love with each other right like it's not like oh we're just gonna be friends i i was a uh, and I think <laughs> an interesting uh, movie that I, I watched uh, for film class on Monday was uh, The Circus, which I know you enjoy The Circus a lot. That's the uh, Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin movie. Yeah, yes. but I, I, what I was fascinated about is how he just gets friend-zoned, and at the end of the movie, he's just celebrating his friend getting married. And yeah. and that's the end of the movie. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah. in, t- in today's movie, is that would never be done right like <laughs> either either the person's gonna be depressed and angry that the person didn't choose them or uh they end up with the person that they were after right like, like yeah just, uh, and like i feel like that's in real life right like like obviously like you're not gonna marry every person that you go out with exactly right <laughs> and, and sometimes you're, you're just gonna be happy for the person that, 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 that you know they found something exactly. so uh yeah. yeah i i so in that sense i well, you know, both of us are Gen Z, so I think we both, yeah. uh, you know, are the demographic that this study was taken from. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Uh, another uh, interesting point from that uh, um, test or survey or whatever was that people our age all preferred original movies to franchises. Yep. Which, you know, accurate. I think both you and me uh, would say the same thing. I mean, th- this is going to be a little bit biased, but all my film classes that I've been, uh, my professor literally asked us, we're like, oh, like, what, like, what do you think of, like, uh, like superhero movies or whatever? And we're like, oh, we'd all, like, kind of rather see an original story that <laughs> has, like, actual practical effects and stuff. That Like, like we're, we're all kind of sick of the Marvel stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and we just want to see something. We don't want to see all these remakes. We don't care about the remakes of... 
Ghostbusters or whatnot. Like, we don't need to see, like, a, another remake of Ghostbusters or, I don't Man, know. I totally, like, and, and, like, there's a sequel coming out, like, this year or next. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? It's like, like, who cares? We, we don't care about it. So why, why, why do you keep on shoving it down our throat saying that we want this? Because we don't. Or Indiana Jones. No one needed to bring Harrison Ford back from the dead to make that movie. Like, I don't know. It's, uh... No. I don't know. Let him, like, <laughs> let him do do nothing in peace, please. He doesn't want to be there. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting to bring up, and uh, we've been watching. We'll probably go more in depth uh, in that topic with like an actual movie to discuss it with. But I just thought yeah. that was interesting to to bring up, and thank you for uh, talking about that with me. But why don't we uh, get into uh, the movie? Yeah, so uh, some fast facts. Killers of the Flower Moon, the 2023 Western, American Western crime drama film directed by Martin Scorsese. Uh, the screenplay with Eric Roth, based on a book of the same name by David Grand, who works for The New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Stars Leo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, and Lily Gladstone. Um, score is by Robbie, Robbie, Robbie Robertson, famous member of the band called The Band, <laughs> who's also of, I think it's Mohawk descent. So, mm-hmm. he's worked with Scorsese before, but it's nice that, that that more of the cast and crew this one happened to be indigenous, which is great. So, um, where, where, where do you want to start with with, with this film? Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. Uh, Me too. But why don't we start with the, the technical aspects before we get into more of the ideological uh, views of this movie. Uh do you have any initial thoughts that you want to say before we get into like the more technical side of things? The the two hundred million dollar budget is on screen, yep. right? Like um, you can see every penny they put into it. Then they make this world so immersive that, that like every all the clothing feels feel real, all the locations feel real. Every like there's some there's some actors and characters in in, 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 in this movie that I believe haven't seen in an iPhone before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like iconic casting for this for this film. Like it's production is off the charts. They this movie famously kind of went through like a production change regarding the characters and who and who and who played who and who mm-hmm. ended up being the main character of the, of the film. Um, mm-hmm. I after watching the film, I kind of wish I, I kind of wish I could see the old version with um, J- Jesse Plemons as Ernest, Leo as Tom White, and that because like that. Like with the FBI investigation, I think the the movie kind of again it, it really is, is like okay the last half hour okay yep the movie the movie is wrapped up the the investigation happens whatever and I feel like the investigation actually had a lot like like my my favorite favorite character in the film was um he's in the, he's not in there much but um John Wren mm-hmm. played by uh, Tatanka Means yeah was. Great screen presence for a very small role, but like stole every scene he was in. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely feel that. And so, my initial thoughts is like technically, this movie is a masterpiece. Like from yeah. uh, like the editing, I thought was especially good, especially compared yes, to other. It, uh, you you don't feel the through the, 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 the three and a half hours. It feels a lot shorter. It keeps you engaged. Yeah. It's uh, you know I, I think Scorsese you know is still learning as a filmmaker. Uh, like the editing. 
in this movie compared to like some of his earlier ones, like like very crisp and like quick yeah. and like uh, I think the score really worked well with the editing oh, and keeping things keep, like if it wasn't for the score, this movie I think could have slogged a bit. But like that yeah. score like really keeps it going. Like we're moving, we're moving. Uh, like the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous. Set design, uh, acting. Everything on that perspective, I have absolutely no complaints. It's more with the with the ideology uh, yeah. that I, I would say I have a, more of an issue with it. Uh, obviously, there's going to be spoilers uh, here. Yes. Um, yeah. I think our podcast is more like a, a, a book club in the sense that we expect you to have seen the movie when, before we <laughs> get, yes. get, get into it. So yeah. we can have more of a discussion about uh, the viewpoints of it. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, before yeah, like I said, let's get into acting. What do you think of uh, you know our, our our leads of Leonardo and uh, Lily? Yeah, so um, I read the book, or uh, I listened to the audiobook before. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's aged up a, a crap ton from the from the book. Um, so it was a little because like Ernest Burkhart is a dumbass. Yes. And and, like, I, and I think Leonardo does a great job of yes being a dumbass. Yeah. And like he had the way he has, he has like a like permanent scowl on his face. Well, he, like he had uh, like uh, uh, teeth implants or whatever. Yeah, like uh, fake teeth. Yeah, yeah. So like in the book and in, in real life, like like the William Hale was like in his mid fifties. And Burkhart was like Ernest was in his like mid twenties when this was was all going down. Mm-hmm. So like it definitely it like. I buy Ernest as a better character of oh he's a he's a younger younger guy who's a dumbass and happens to get manipulated by his uncle versus just hey I'm a guy in my mid forties dumbass <laughs> who also happens to get manipulated by my uncle also is is an evil person yeah whether whether or not he means to and like that this the movie, movie kind of struggles around that mm-hmm. is like what or like it's like whether or not he's intentionally being a bad person he still is. And the, and like he's very clear on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, like I was saying, yeah. overall, like, well, here, here I want to get your opinion on this because, well, again, we're we're gonna stay on the technical side. Yeah. Um, uh, Brendan Fraser, what do you think of his uh, acting? Because I've been hearing some people critique it being like too over the top or what whatnot. I uh, love I, how. I, <laughs> so I want to hear your thoughts. Apple TV literally posted the, uh, the fucking. <laughs> Outscript from, from from the book of like the exclamation point the this is my client like like the like the way that they whatever I think you know what he's going for a period thing and he I think he it it contrasts a lot with the um um prosecution which is played by John Lithgow that was a great actor to see in this film mm-hmm. he's, just, he's just a solid actor. Uh, <laughs> but like very different role, whereas Lithgow is a lot more reserved. Like Fraser is firing on all cylinders from the very beginning, and the other scene where, where you see him just in the room with Fraser and the other people who are on the side of, of the of the of the defense mm-hmm. is that that scene. We'll talk about that later, but that scene is freaking. I'm like I I thought it was it was cr- like crazy in the context of, of the trailer. Mm-hmm. The film it's even like worse in yeah. some ways. Yeah, and like I think if you, I, I mean, like my sister's a lawyer, so I, I hear some like secondary information, but like some lawyers are just like that, like, like yeah. especially like hacky lawyers, like they're just kind of 
they're going to be super loud in your face, and that's just kind of how they are. So I, I think that, you know, I think it was good. I, I, I liked Frazier. I think he did a really good job of playing uh, that type of character. He, he like, just his physical presence is, is big and intimidating uh, yeah. in that in that scene that you're mentioning later on. And, yeah, I think he, he played that really well. I was happy to see him in a Scorsese movie, right? Like, it's, uh, I think we've discussed this before, how, you know, we like <laughs> we like him and we, we want him to you know get roles and stuff in the future yeah i'm pretty sure this one was filmed bef- before the whale i'm quite sure well because the filming started in 2019 didn't it um so production filming ultimately began april 2021 but he was cast probably in, in 2019 i'd guess mm-hmm. it's it one of the, those things where I think they cast people pretty early on, and then like obviously, obviously they they changed some of the roles the roles around before they started filming and so on. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Uh, another thing to talk about: cinematography is absolutely beautiful in this movie. Oh. Uh, shot by Rodrigo Prieto, who has worked with Scorsese for a few films, and also from uh, the Barbie movie. Yes, <laughs> that was so funny. If, if he was nominated twice. <laughs> I mean, he could be honestly, but yeah, like the, the again, Barbie shot so well. I I love that. Mm-hmm. And and what do I uh, what I, I applaud about you know Apple and Scorsese is that this was actually filmed like on set in Oklahoma. Yeah, which I think is the only way you could do a movie like this. Like yeah. usually, you want to film in a place that's going to give you tax credits. So like. Manitoba could have been a place where it was filmed because we give a lot of tax credits to movies that come here. Atlanta but, is the big one. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, like, there's a lot of places where like they'll shoot there because they get a lot of money. And uh, the fact that you know Apple TV was, uh, you know, like here's two hundred million dollars, go make the movie that yeah. you want to make. And he was able to shoot on location. You were able to, you know, like like you and me, like growing up in a, in a prairie area. Like yeah. I think that this movie and the cinematography just really captures that open open sky and like the, kind of like the, yeah, beauty, right. the beauty of the sky and uh how that you know it is a part it, well well not like openly it, it, it does kind of change the way you live your life a little bit right and uh yeah. i just found that that pretty interesting um yeah yeah do, do you want to talk about anything else uh, on the technical side or you want to get into more of the like even thoughts? Like, just, just just uh behind the scenes i loved seeing how much involved the osage nation was involved yeah and like local indigenous groups in Oklahoma were very involved. Um, again, again, Scorsese like, was doing everything he could besides not doing the film that, that he could to involve um, indigenous people, which is great. Yeah. And, all right, so let's get in, <laughs> into that. So, um, so there's only, like... Uh, I, I don't want to speak like for like indigenous people. So like this is obviously a movie about the Osage people, yeah. and uh, so like I don't know uh, you like where I live right now is like one of the most indigenous places uh, in North America, yeah. Winnip- Winnipeg. Like yeah. uh, I think thirty percent of our population is indigenous, which is very high. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, the other thing is that, like, Canada in general has more indigenous people than the United States. So um, cool. we have uh, about uh, 4.4% of our entire population is uh, North American indigenous, whereas mm-hmm. uh, in Canada, or in the States, sorry, it's under 1%. Oof. So, like, in, in just from that viewpoint, you know, 
we have a very like heavy indigenous population here um so that's why you know I, I feel a little bit more i guess i feel like it hits more close to home than someone who mm. is like i don't know in europe or in uh like the states in, in general and so like from that perspective i think that this is a good movie just to get people talking about indigenous itch issues and be like hey like this is what we did to get our land yeah. But th- but then on the other side, where you know where we live now, uh, the, the biggest thing that like I I, I just want to like bring up first because this is kind of what was I don't know I, I guess in my head while while making this is so like you kind of mentioned like the last hour is when we get Jesse Plemons with the FBI, yeah, and how like basically it's like the FBI who is seen as like not sort of like the good good guy but as like the uh, resource to stop the killings, right? They're, they're the only people who are doing stuff that involve, like that aren't actively hurting them. Yes. And where we live in Winnipeg, right now there's a whole issue about how the police are basically refusing to search a landfill for murdered indigenous women, right? Yep. So for this movie to show the police as the force that is helping people... When here in Winnipeg, it's the complete opposite. It just yeah. really rubs me the wrong way and just makes me like really angry uh, to see that, right? Like, well, that is the true story. It, it was the case. That's what happened in in, the, in, the, in this case. I'm not sure what to, what yes. to tell you. But, but on the material side of things, you also have to realize that uh, the reason that the FBI chose that case is because... Uh, it was so clear cut that who was doing it that they yeah. knew that it was a way for them to establish themselves in popular culture. So like in a way they were still Which, using indigenous people to gain more power. And uh, oh, he, I, I don't a, think that the movie shows a good job of how the FBI was just using indigenous people to gain more power in like people's lives. Right. The epilogue I'm pretty sure makes that pretty clear. But that was the point. <laughs> Maybe if you know about stuff like that, but if you don't know stuff about that, do yeah. is it clear? Like, like, like if you don't, if you're not living in Winnipeg or in North, like in, in well, Manitoba, would that have been clear? Well, like the epilogue is the whole like, oh, this is the FBI state-sponsored media covering the case, and look at how what like it's pretty clear that like, oh man, this is clearly a state-sponsored affair, and they're kind of brushing over the case in very like black and white we're the good guys whatever but you even like you can you can pretty makes it clear that they're making a show of it right yeah but would regular audience goers realize that um i think Scorsese leaves it up to the audience to 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 interpret that like he's not gonna say oh this is like like I mean, he does walk up to the microphone and say to the audience what he says, but like, he's yeah, I don't know. It's he does what he can. Yeah. Yes and no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I want to bring up uh, some someone else's perspective. So uh, the kind of person in the news who people are getting kind of mad at, but who had uh, something to say about this movie, who uh, you know isn't Osage, but does have a yeah. perspective, and that's uh, Devery Jacobs, who you know starred in um, Reservoir Dogs, Reservation, Reservation Dogs. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, Reservation Dogs, and Very also true. also a writer for it. 
um, was very critical of the movie, you know, uh, mm-hmm. saying uh, in, a, in a, you know, a thread saying that the film was painful, grueling, unrelenting, and unnecessarily graphic. Uh, she continued, uh, being native, watching this movie was a fucking hellfire. Uh, imagine the worst atrocities committed uh, against your ancestors and having to sit through a movie explicitly filled uh, with them, uh, with uh, the only respite being 30-minute uh, long scenes of murderous white guys talking about slash planning the killings. So, like, that's, again, coming from a Canadian perspective where, like, yeah. this is still very much the news. Like, when, uh, you know, it, it's it's recently come to light how residential schools just, you know, murdered or didn't save children, indigenous children, and then hid them in graves around their... Ma- mass graves, yeah. It's, it's, I think that's where I'm coming from is just... It's, yes. It's difficult watching this movie where... I don't know. Uh, I, I, another uh, kind of thing that, that kind of struck with me, wh- who I, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, this person did a really good job, and they are Osage. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw this, but this was kind of like, a, again, going through uh, the, the Twitterverse, and that was um, the language consultant, uh, Christopher yeah. Cote. Cote. Yeah, Cote, yeah. Uh, that they, uh, you know, they had an interview and they were critical of the movie, and uh, but I think they had a really good sort of perspective on how this this is the best movie that could be told that isn't from an Osage perspective. Exactly, and and again, Apple TV isn't giving two hundred two hundred million dollars to an Osage film filmmaker to do this, which is why like I feel like again, Scorsese is doing everything that he that he can to to do that that like. Yeah, Scorsese isn't a dumb person. Like he's a very smart individual. He like, he, again, he's doing what he can. With again, it's it, it, it's it's not like he has free reign to do whatever he wants to. His hands are tied by Apple TV. Like, I mean, yes and no, but like, I, 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 he is, I, I, he is so much clout, right? Like, could he not get an indigenous person to make the story? Not for two hundred million, but for less money, like. Like I don't know, he he's made so much money. Couldn't he finance a movie himself, like uh, Francis Coppola's doing? Like I don't know. Like there's so many things you could do. Like you could say, yeah, like like I don't know. He had the option to not make this movie and get someone else yeah. to do it. Like, I, like there were things he could do. I don't know. Like yeah, uh, he has so he has so much clout in the movie world that he could have gotten. Like like yes, this is the best movie that he could have told. And in that sense. Like yeah. good on him, but also yeah, like and like it's the most like consumer friendly, like or like, like also like Scorsese knows his his audience, right? Like it's gonna be a lot of white people seeing this film, and if this film encourages white people to study history, to reflect and repent, and X Y Z, reconciliation, what can we do better? Then that's good, right? Like. Again. But like, but like this movie, does, like I don't know. To, to, to me, this just seems like, like, like I don't know. Like, I, I, what's the word? I, I, I guess it's for liberals who want to feel bad about their whiteness without actually doing anything. They just want to feel bad without actually doing anything to make things better materially for people. And I, like I think that what this movie really lacks is a connection to the materialist lived experience of indigenous people in north america yeah i which is which is kind of my issue with it mainly 
uh, I don't know. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I, I've been kind of rambling on about my yeah, critiques. Yeah, I mean, like he, he can only do so much. Like, right? Like this movie's already three and a half hour, three and a half hours long. And again, it's 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 such an edited, well, well edited, edited film that like it's 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 not like they could cut anything more, right? Like it's again, how much how much do we want to add? How much do you, like like they already like they already expand on a lot of characters that like again. It sucked, but this is how, like, I wish that Lily Gladstone had more to do. Like, she, they already expand her role as, as much as they can, because like the reality is she was being poisoned for for most of the the, the events. She couldn't do much. Yeah, her, she was resilient and and like again part of the um, the envoy that went to Washington and like she does all that she can. But like again, like if if a movie is told entirely from 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 her perspective, which probably would have been better, I wish that, like, I I really wish that Lily Gladstone had been the lead 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 character. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is she is she is, she's is in a, a, a lot of the movie because a lot of the movie is focusing on on her and Ernest and like, I think the movie does tell their story well because like yeah he did, he he did like her before his, his, his uncle was like. Hey, you need to remember this girl because of money, like, right? Because like, his feelings were there before. Before he's told that, right? Like, it's one of those things where like, it's just. It again, it's a good, it's a good showing of how money and greed is literally the, the American or- original sin, right? Like it's. So I I have some some things to push back on there, so. Okay. Like I I yes greed, but. Like what this movie makes it look like is just like that. It is just greed that's that's pushing things. Where I think that takes us away from the materialistic perspective, whereas like capitalism isn't pushed by rich people's greed. It's it's pushed by the system needing to keep on growing. And what this movie yes. just seems to do is just show, oh, it's just greedy people that are bad. It's not not necessarily the system that's bad, right? Well, it kind of does because in in the in, in one of the last scenes with where it's Ernest and, and it's Ben Fraser and it's all the oil people who are the system, they are on the side of the defense, right? They are they are there on behalf of William Hale. They are there because of Ernest. The like they make it clear. Oh, these are the oil. These are the oil owners, and they are clearly on the side of the defense. They they want. They they don't want to be giving indigenous people money, but because they did because they said we were smart and they purchased their purchased the, the, their land, they can't take it from them, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's again. I think he's doing what he can. He's showing this, this like again and, and like and like how it takes them begging at the government in Washington to do anything, right? Like, it's like. It it's clearly, it clearly shows the system and the power involved, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take some of that, you know. But I don't know. It, it, it from that perspective, I just think. And then, so my other thing that I, I would like to mention is is you you mentioning love and like how it shows love. I think there's some argument against that. But before we get into that, what I think that this movie doesn't do a good job of is showing. I don't know. I've heard this complaint from from other people. Like this isn't just coming from me. I'm kind of yeah. echoing uh, other things. Is that 
like it makes the Osage women look kind of dumb for just falling for these white men that keep on killing them. Yes. And yes. I think that is a, a reasonable complaint. Again, if you don't know the history and like this movie doesn't, I don't think does a good job of setting up like the material conditions as to why Osage women were marrying these white men, even though like they're explicitly acknowledging that they're only after their money. This doesn't do a good job of exploring like why like settler colonialism forced them to you know maybe want to marry a white guy right because like even though they have money they're still at the end of the day indigenous and they're still going to be looked down upon by society right and so like, like that's that's uh, sort of one of the main issues that I I have with this kind of materialistic uh, like the thing that wasn't like acknowledged very well. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And going back on, on what you were saying, like about uh, like before, is that uh, but like the system is what I found was really interesting is that like the uh, what's his name? Who, who's the main bad guy? Ernest. 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 Yeah. Is that he seems to almost take like a, a a Marxist perspective on why they should be taking the money from the Osage. Because he's basically being like, they don't work and they still get all this money, and you're you're working and you make no money. So that that was kind of an something that I had an issue with because it, it seemed to be like, oh, like if you just work hard, you, I don't know. I, it, there was just certain parts that made me. He's a dumbass. Yeah, but like I don't know, like like, like I don't know. It, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way and. Like yeah. I said, technically this movie is amazing, but ideologically yes. it just seems like a mess. He's a dumbass, and he has like five brain cells. Like he's again, he's 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 getting ideas, but like again, like no, 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 his... no. Uh, like, like like King Hale said that. Like King Hale is oh. very smart. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. They're talking about Ernest. I'm no, like, King. Yeah, King. Yeah. Well, like again, well, because because like like the kind of the capitalist dream is to have money without having to do anything, right? Like that's. Like, yeah, but but he's taking the Marxist perspective and saying that that uh, shouldn't be the case, right? Well, that's the way he's explaining to Ernest, or who, who and like Ernest, who that doesn't really have any good skills, who like without marrying into wealth, he would be poor, right? Like, mm-hmm. Which which brings me back to the thing you're saying about about love, and uh, I, I think that brings us back to um, uh, Mr. Cote uh, in like how he described yeah. like, mm-hmm. that this movie doesn't. Like, like, like that's not love. Is like, like ultimately all that Ernest really cares about is money. Like, yeah, I, like, yeah. that, like that's why he really loves. I think at and the, the end, ending makes that clear. And like again, like that's the, his his first first, first one, of, one of his first scenes is I do love, love that more money, sir. And and with, with the, the, the ending pretty makes that clear that it, that it's not love, or at least it hasn't been for X number of years, right? Like it because mm-hmm. like he because like he can. He can t- testify everything against Hale and against whatever, but to his wife, he can't say, "Oh, I poisoned you," right? Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I think that's why the ending works so well. Is no, actually, no, it wasn't. Like, it's not love. It's, it's, it's wealth. It's, it's greed. It's everything besides love. Right. And from a storytelling perspective, I would agree with it, but from this true series of events i don't know it just it it just didn't make me feel right it, it just made me yeah. feel kind of kind of bad inside <laughs> and uh, uh yeah. like not not in the way that he was meaning but more like ugh, you, you could have like 
you could have done so much more. <laughs> I think that's ultimately why I'm hard on this is because like we don't have enough indigenous stories and the fact yeah. that he, I don't know. I just don't think that he did it a good, like, he did as good as he could do, but yes. at the end of the day, it's kind of white savory, like it's to say like, Oh, like if this movie, if it wasn't for him, this movie wouldn't be made at all. Like, I don't know. I think that makes it very like, I'm a white savior. Who's like telling these indigenous stories. Look, like, I'm, I'm not, I know he's not saying this, but that's how, no, yeah. how, how, how it feels is like when people are so defensive of this movie, because they're like, Oh, like if it wasn't for him, like, I don't know. It, it just, it, it just all, it's like, it's just all capitalism. This movie is not going to change anyone's mind. Uh, at the end, <laughs> I don't think like, like this is no. just for, for people who already agree with him that just want to feel bad about, what their ancestors have done to indigenous people without actually, you know, doing anything to change it. Like here in Manitoba, the, the landfill isn't being searched, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, Which, like that's going to change soon, hopefully under Wub, but yeah, but y- you'd hope you hope, but like the fact that the, like the conservative party here campaigned on the fact. Yeah. Yeah. And, make, make, it, make it their main issue was fucking stupid. And, and they still got almost 50% of the vote. So well, they were going to anyway, right? Like, because everyone here who's, like, right of insert whatever here, like, people are, people don't, I mean, people do change it, but people, like, there there are a lot of people who, for no matter what Wob or whoever on the left said, they weren't going to vote for them a- anyway, right? Yeah. For as much as, as, as we talk about the, the, the center... And, and the center right and whatever, but like, they're, they're, they're still not going to vote NEP anyway, right? There's, 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 always, there's always so many minds you, you can change. The rest has to be smart policy and smart, like elections and like, or smart like, by by writing, writing by, by writing cases, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyways, those are my kind of thoughts on this movie. I I can only get so in depth, you know. I'm not an indigenous person, so who am I to say it? And. Uh, each indigenous person is going to have a different view. Like there was some yes, yeah. indigenous people that were like, like loved this movie. And then there's others that, you know, felt uncomfortable with it. So, uh, yeah. like indigenous people aren't a, a monolith. And since For I'm sure. not indigenous, obviously I am coming in from a, from a settler perspective. So, yep. uh, I, that's about all I can say, but I, that's why I try to focus on materialism because that's a, you know, a Marxist, uh, thought. And, uh, that's something I can fall back on, but, yeah, anyways, that's my thoughts on the movie. Do you have anything uh, else to say before we move on? Yeah, I think it's important to just go into things with an open mind and, like, again, like, again, with, like, also following as many perspectives are relevant, right? Like, again, like, yeah, obviously, indigenous people aren't a monolith. Like, yeah, for, for as many people who are harsh, I saw a lot of people who who, who loved it. And, 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 like, like there's an Osage person on Letterboxd who had a very positive review talking about like how again how involved they were on the set and how how the cultural sense center was almost too full like just because of how how busy they were on the set i think Mm -hmm. that's a good good, that's a good good problem to have for for a film set right that's yeah so yeah anyways well um (laughs) i think this is one of the movies that we've disagreed about uh the most so uh, yeah hopefully y'all enjoyed it but uh uh, what, what do you give this movie? Um, again, I think it's again te- technically and more, and like every again, regardless of how you think about how he told the story, the, the story is still really good. 
acting performances all around are, are great. Writing is good. It's good good production. I give it two thumbs up or like yeah thumb thumb and a half. I don't know. Somewhere yeah. Uh, like you said, technically great movie. So uh, on that sense, I give it one thumb up. Uh, from like a for if if you know like nothing about indigenous people, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like if you're like in Europe or something like that, yeah, this is probably a good movie. Um, if yeah. you as like just kind of like a starting place, if you're you know where like we are in North America, where you can <laughs> at least like here in Winnipeg, you can walk out your door and there's tons of indigenous people who are still being colonized. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a tougher watch, so yeah, I can only yeah. give it give it one, one thumbs up. But yeah, why don't we get into uh, something a little bit more fun, and that's uh, the letterbox game. Are you ready? Always. All right, number one. I hope the first person to watch this as TikTok clips gets hit by a car. <clears throat> number two, the best fits of any movie this year. Number three, can we stop making movies about how it makes men sad when they commit genocide? And number four, Martin put his entire Scorsese in this movie. I'm going to guess that Best Fits of the Year was made up. You are correct. Let's go. Look at you go. Wow. Two, two in a row. Who would have thought? Who, not me. <laughs> anyway, this is why we get into some our recommendations. That will uh, be a fun way to close this episode out. All right, uh, my my rendition. I have two. One is a song. Um, first, my, my my first. I've listened to some more Outlaw Country. So, um, one piece at a time by Johnny Cash is a great song about just stealing from from from, from your work, workplace. Johnny Cash, what what a great music. Right, and like the whole song is fucking. It's like okay, um, I'm gonna build. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna build a car over twenty years while I'm working at a production plant. Mm-hmm. I'm just taking one. One piece at a time. That's great. Uh, great song. Banger song. Um, I love Johnny, Johnny Cash. Um, my other random vacation is a game. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 on the PS5 is a certified mm-hmm. banger. It's so good. It's like, it, it just improves, improves on everything from the, from the, from the, from the first one. Mm-hmm. Not everything. Some of the, I, I miss some of the gadgets and some of the stuff, some of, some of the stuff but it's still okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I rolled cr- cr- credits to, t- t- today. So, well, there you go. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my 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 actual recommendation is the movie Z from 1969. Uh, I recently watched that. It's on the Criterion Channel. Go check it out. It is okay. an amazing movie about leftist movements, and it feels very relevant in kind of the 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 power and the ties that policing has to power, and mm-hmm. uh, it's really well made great acting great story does not feel like the 127 minutes it is it's uh yeah really good highly recommend and then if you want something for halloween this this might not sound like halloween but i will say uh the carnival kid a mickey mouse cartoon from 1929 this is the most traumatizing movie i've ever seen uh so you know it's an old cartoon so you know like the, the old like the movements that they, they make but anyways uh in this movie there's talking hot dogs and uh oh. and then someone tries to eat the hot dogs and the hot dog 
gets scared and runs away. And then Mickey Mouse grabs the hot dog, pulls down its little hot dog pants, and oh, and spanks it. And it was oh. the most traumatizing thing. Hey, I've that's ever a reference. Seen. That's a re- reference to Killers of the Flower Fire Moon. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, 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 if you want something that's gonna you know scar you for life to watch on How Halloween, is it on Disney Plus. It'll be on YouTube. YouTube, okay. It's from 1929, so that's out of the Creative Commons. Okay. But, yeah, okay. It, 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 it's Carnival with a K. Carnival. I think it should be on YouTube. Yeah, it, it is. I found it on YouTube before. Um, yeah. But, yeah, anyways, those are two very uh, different recommendations, but... Uh, yeah, anyways, that's uh, been our episode this week. Uh, happy Halloween. I hope you watch a nice spooky movie. And yep. tune in next week when we talk about something. Bye-bye now.